Audio. <laughs> this like was truly for tr- for like little children. It was. I love that. I love that. It wasn't pretending to. It wasn't trying to pander to a bunch of different demographics at the same time. It wasn't time, like fucking goddamn B movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like a real palate cleanser from B movie. Totally. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go podcast. Podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Panyo panyo podcast. Panyo 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 podcast. Yeah, there's gotta be so many claps for you to try yeah. to find. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Is It Wet? The podcast where we'd follow home the first person who is nice to us too. I'm Sophie. I'm Caitlin. And today we are covering the 2008 animated fantasy Studio Ghibli movie, Ponyo. Very excited. This is a very adorable movie. Real big palate cleanser from from some of the, definitely from the box. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't like, there were no levels of like purgatory. There were no (laughs) layers of, um, you know, courtroom dramas where someone sues the entire human race. They're like, Mm -hmm. there wasn't any of that. This, it was just like a magical motion picture. (laughs) The stakes were super high and there was... Uh, There was some horror going on, but it wasn't told because it was told from the perspective of some very adorable five-year-olds. It's a a very fun film about uh, massive, devastating climate change. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that was also a theme. That was definitely also a theme. But I can appreciate that being in a movie just like made for children and children love it. Like, yeah, you can you can go out to make a movie for children like B movie, mm-hmm. which supposedly was made for children. But that doesn't mean children are going to like it and watch it. Children like and love and watch this movie. So <laughs> yes. I can appreciate, you know, some of the heavier um, environmental themes in it when yeah. it's like for sure a movie that will appeal to children yes yeah there's no reference to something some obscure 1970s mm. piece of pop culture in in this there's no you know i think sasuke could have asked ponyo if she liked jazz like and jazz? she's five <laughs> years old and she's lived her life in a bubble so the answer's probably no <laughs> yeah that's true yeah um yeah if it's not ham uh, it's, if it's not him, she's not interested. Ah, yeah. uh, legend. Okay. But before we get into uh, into this uh, classic maritime film, Caitlin, did you have a wet moment from your week or a wet media that you consumed? I did. Let's see. Um, so I, I watched... All of the second season of a show that I believe is on the CW originally, but they drop it on Netflix sometimes is it's um the I think it's like t- uh, two sentence horror stories. OK. All right. Um, oh, you were expecting a different CW show. Oh, yeah. I was hoping for a rain or uh, 
Oh, okay. First of all, I did watch the. I watched the first like two seasons of Rain and loved yes. it. I forget why I stopped watching, but I. I don't I know why I didn't show. either. I think there was just too much happened, and I was like, Yeah, this is too dramatic, and I know how this story ends, and I can't deal with like all of the drama. Um, so <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. So this is an anthology series that was on the CW. Yeah, because and I I think that because like the CW logo plays before each episode, but okay. I thought the CW was defunct and it's not a thing anymore, but I don't know. Is that true? So the CW exists. So the CW, uh it's WB went defunct. I think oh. WB merged with I want to say UPN and became the CW, which you know, don't always love a media conglomerate, but they have made some truly wild, wild television. Uh, as did the WB <laughs> <Yes>. and UPN. <laughs> they did, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's a horror uh, anthology mm-hmm. series, and it uh, features a really diverse cast. And it, like, that's one of the things it's known for. Great. And it, so basically, like, each story is based each episode is based on a two sentence horror story like the what's the okay. classic one where it's like baby shoes never worn <laughs> um, classic like... horror story <laughs> that's, that's ernest, Hem- that's... ernest hemingway oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah that, that was ernest hemingway he was like listen guys because he was on like fuck words. If you have more words to say same okay. thing, if you have more words to say same thing, you dumb. <laughs> I have less word. I say I mean this, and so he was like, "I bet I can bum you out with the least amount of words." Okay. So he, he said, uh, "For sale, baby shoes, never worn." Um, I like to say like wrong <laughs> size. They were the wrong size. So this is just a Facebook uh, marketplace ad. But he, yeah. I think he wants us to draw a darker conclusion. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, so- a, that's an example of a, of a two sentence horse. Yeah. Or one sentence horse. Exactly. Like, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, that's not horror. But yeah, I was thinking of like just conveying a really emotional, like uh, an emotional impact delivered in like two sentences or whatever. And that's really interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my thoughts are on it. They're, it's fun to watch, I guess, because you know yeah. there's going to be a twist. You know something fucked up is going to happen. But I like that in this season, and I watched the first season, cannot remember a single thing from it. And that's on me. That's not on them. I just have a shit memory. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not that the first season wasn't memorable. Yeah, it's not every episode is great, but as a whole, I think it's it's a good series. It's mm-hmm. playing with some really cool stuff. They turn a lot of tropes on their heads sometimes. So like not every every episode ends kind of horrifically, but not always the way that you think it's going to. Uh, and mm-hmm. some characters where you're like, uh, for instance, there's an episode where there's a trans character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, is this just going to be like mm-hmm. an episode where something shitty, ha- something horrific happens to a trans character? But that episode is one in which it sort of gets uh, flipped on its head. And while something horrific happens, um, the trans character at the end ends up like using the sort of supernatural power that's in the episode to make the situation better. And then okay. there and then there's like nice. an added thing, I think, at the very end of it that it's like. 
oh, but maybe the story isn't over. But that it still right, ends up right. like it still upended my expectations of what was going to happen to that character. And that was really cool. So it's yeah, they and it's a really goopy episode. Um, the the wettest moment, the critically wettest moment is this episode where there's a zombie outbreak in mm-hmm. oh my god actually sophie you need to watch this one episode okay, because I, think I need to watch it actually yeah you'd really like this series but this yeah. this episode it takes place in what's clearly an amazon warehouse where the workers are be- there's a quota that needs to be met and the workers are being overworked and one of the managers is being pressured to lock the workers inside of the warehouse which Oof. is based on reality that right. like based on reports from real people in in mm-hmm. these warehouses yeah. uh, to stop them from taking breaks. Right. You know, uh, God forbid they should want to take a break as right. a human being. Right. And then and then uh, someone contracts something and it's like, oh, but you locked us all in the building. And it's like the way that the virus man. And it's scary because it's about a virus. Um, right. But the way that you start to know that you're feeling symptoms is like they have all this um, mucus and snot that starts coming out of their oh. nose in like wh- whoever was in charge of the goop on set. I don't know if it's like mm-hmm. the makeup people or like the props Frank. people. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Frank he does just all came and like. for the CW shows. <laughs> all yeah, of that because... gloss in people's hair and people's yes. slightly curled hair. That's Frank. Yeah, he also he'll he'll do some of the blood too for like the vampire CW shows. Oh, like yeah. he's oh, yeah. yeah, he's like the blood guy too. Uh, yeah. And uh, they just would go and like smear a, just a comical amount of Vaseline or whatever they were using for it. Um, like it was yeah, so much snot, and it is oh, people will will know the scenes that I'm talking about. It's like very very disgusting. Uh, uh, but yeah, gross. so definitely a wet wet show. I, I will check it out. I love I like an anthology because yeah, you can dip into it and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, if you and like it's hit or miss, but like it also you don't you don't need to you don't need to watch the whole thing. You can watch the watch the highlights. Yep. Yeah, I also think that later epi- later seasons of Supernatural, I, I, um, they could have been two word sentences. They could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an email that just says homophobia. The <laughs> the way that the show the story is uh, framed is really cool. Where they give you the first sentence, and then you okay. watch the episode, <gasps> and then at the very end they give you the second sentence, oh, and you're like, shit. "Oh, yep, that was what that story that was." was. That was the yeah, sentence. yeah. I'll yeah. Ch- I'll check it out. I like it. I that's like kind of clickbaity, and I li- and I like it. So oh yeah, it's a very a clickbaity show for sure. Yeah, but what about you? Did you have any wet things you imbibed this week? So probably the wettest thing I did, uh, and I told you about it, was Mm. this week I had a very, I won't go too too much into this, I had a very (laughs) bad reaction to a new medication I I started taking, and it made me feel uh, very anxious and very, very nauseous and sweaty, and I, so I was basically in bed all day feeling just not like I was going to throw up, just like excreting out of my pores and Mm -hmm. whenever I'm in like this kind of like bad state that I know will will pass and it's just like I'm having a bad reaction to something I put on HBO's girls and I think (laughs) that I've seen like I think back in like 2012 or whenever 
girls started. I think I did like watch it to like understand what everyone was talking about and what everyone was angry about. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought it was fine. Like it was fine. And, 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 you know, but when I feel horrible and sick, I don't know why I find it comforting. And I think that I figured out that the characters are very loathsome and they make bad choices. And for some reason, <laughs> that's comforting to me because I'm like, I'm not making those choices. I just I'm temporarily in a in a low place. But I mean, I understand the show is like a heightened, heightened example of of these character archetypes and like and we all we all have negative qualities but there's really not a lot lot redeeming about them and so i think that's very comforting to me i think it's a wet show um i think i honestly i don't know i can't really recall anything that happens because of when i've watched it i've not been in a good place so i can't i could probably tell you <laughs> right. the, the characters i think adam driver's character is very wet uh he he's got oh he's, he's just, just like he's, a he's just a wet dude yeah he's a wet dude he has so many layers to this character and the fact that his name is adam in the show and that he's just like a complete <laughs> i love when that happens a complete weirdo uh and just like always either being profound or an asshole. And I'm just like, all right, dude, like, all right. Yeah. He really, to me, is just a, comp- he's just a composite of, you know, every man without a bed frame. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, we, we all wish them, wish them well. I have not seen later seasons, so I don't know what happens. I honestly don't know what happens in the seasons <laughs> I've watched, so... <laughs> I think this has been a helpful review of girls. Yeah, yeah everyone gets it now. <laughs> uh, Adam Driver has one of those voices where he, it like, I don't know how to describe this, but the it's very low, obviously. I'm not breaking ground here by saying he has a low voice, but it hits this, I don't know how, like vibration. It hits this frequency in my head that like triggers something that makes me want to throw up. Um, and I can't like it triggers my gag reflex and I can't really explain it. And so I just like I can never really hang out with Adam Driver. So that's a bummer. Oh, that that is a real tragedy. Yeah. Uh, you should not watch Marriage Story because I mean, I almost threw up several <laughs> times during Marriage Story, but because like marriage t- and divorce terrifies me. Yeah, but I'm yeah, never he, watching that's, that. That's ever. like him. Oh, boy. Yeah, he talks a lot in it. Um, it's mostly him talking. <laughs> and you want to present yourself as a victim because it's a good legal strategy? Fine. But you and I both know you chose this life. But yeah, I, but I'm glad it, it seems that the driver frequency that the CIA did experiments <laughs> on. <laughs> he has the voice that, yeah. will, that triggers a nauseous response in people. Yeah. He needs to be careful with that kind of power. I know. And he will never know because he do- he won't watch his own. He hates to watch himself in movies and oh, TV was he shows. One of those so he like people? refuses to see any clips. So he's probably never heard his voice. So that's what it is. Yeah, because it, your your voice sounds different in your own head. So he would need to hear it from the outside right. to even know. He just he doesn't even know he that it's making know. people feel he like doesn't this. Doesn't know about the driver frequency. This is a two word. A uh, horror story. Adam Driver's <laughs> never yeah. heard his own voice, but we have. Period. Yeah. That's, there you go. Yeah. CW, I better see that on season three yeah. 
What about Kylo Ren? Does the mask modulator, does that help? Yeah, that helps, honestly. <laughs> okay, he's got to keep that on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're cool if he just wears that and if then he doesn't we can hang out. develop yeah. and he just stays as Kylo Ren in all movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my recommendation to yes. Adam Driver is to just show up full <laughs> Kylo Ren to every audition from now on. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so Ponyo. Ponyo. <laughs> or, as it was called in the version that I watched it, Ponyo on the Cliff by the Sea. Oh, that's really cute. Adorable. So you watched it in the original Japanese subtitles. Yes. I watched it dubbed on HBO Max. Um, I feel like we may have had very different... <laughs> experiences because the voice actors i was listening to have very distinguishable voices that have <gasps> connotations to them oh so the lisa uh sasuke's mother in the film is <laughs> voiced by tina fey wait seriously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the whole time i was just like like and and she's kind of been, uh, has a mothering tone so i was like this is just liz lemon and she makes terrible choices throughout yeah. the movie that put her child in danger and i'm just like i'm like liz lemon and and my my favorite liz lemon moment of all time is her song where she's like she sings this this song that to like hype her to hype herself up. She goes, "I'm a star. I'm on top. Somebody bring me some ham." Yes. And so I was like, uh, "This is a perfect role for her because yeah. this is a very ham centric movie." Wow, that is shocking to me. I guess I. Yeah, because the that version would have come out in 2009, which would have mm -hmm. like made sense that she would have done a role like this. Um even yeah. though when I heard it I was like there's no way that right. uh, oh wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, it really took me out of the movie, but it yeah. was <laughs> she was fine. She was fine. Yeah. Okay, so would I would I know any other of the people who are in it? You would. Uh okay. so the wizard guy Oh, yeah. uh, yes. who, I want to get into the wizard archetypes in studio, <laughs> studio Ghibli films because I love yeah. it. So when they when they introduce him, I, I wrote down because I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And I was like, right, OK, right. OK. And OK, we got an underwater wizard. And I was like, oh, OK, an underwater submarine wizard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think his name is Fujimoto. Yes. But he he's my sea wizard. Yeah. Uh, he was voiced by Liam Neeson. <laughs> full brogue, full Irish accent. Did did Liam Neeson um ever see a picture of the character um <laughs> of whom he was voicing because that seems very unlikely that he would see the depiction of that character and go, "Me, Liam Neeson, I am totally cool <laughs> with this." <laughs> but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Yeah, I I yeah, I don't know. Uh I think I think you just like it's a fucking honor to be like considered to voice the dub for for these That's films. True. So I think you just yeah. have to That's and true. you just sign up and you don't complain about 
Yeah, so this guy, he's got like beautiful, beautiful flowing strawberry blonde locks. He's kind of, he's like a very... He's a Beetlejuice aesthetic. He's got a Beetlejuice aesthetic. He has not rubbed in his contour. Oh, his, no. His, no, eye, his blush blue is... blue eyeshadow, yeah. it's, not, it's not really working for me. Just like the gaudiest jewelry in the world. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he lives in like a castle under the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very exciting. Uh, who plays uh, Ponyo's mother? Hmm. Well, she has like three lines, but <laughs> she has like three lines. I know this was a waste because it was Kate Blanchett. <gasps> oh, of course it right? was because right. yeah, it was fucking Galadriel. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say she's like very. That's the she's a combination of Galadriel and uh, some of the fairies f- from the fairy fountains in uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's the combo that this that this uh, wave lady is. <laughs> if I had watched this as a child and had seen the scene where she's introduced, I would have been like, "VCR pause." <laughs> this is yeah. very interesting to me. Like, I think on an aesthetic level, because I loved like a like flowing uh, sea goddess. Hell yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then she's definitely definitely my type. An ethereal sea goddess. That's a. It is. It is quite an introduction. Um, oh her. yeah. 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 Because she says she is the sea. She's as she's bigger than a boat. Yeah. Uh, she's big and beautiful, which is yeah. what uh, how Ponyo describes her. Yes. Um, and then who voiced Ponyo and Sosuke was Frankie Jonas and Noah Cyrus. So the Jonas brothers' younger brother. Okay. And Miley Cyrus's younger sister. Okay. And they sing the English version of the song. At the end. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. I don't know why they were like, this film needs to be dubbed with nepotism, but they just, they went for it, I guess. Yeah. They, well, because they were like, well, we need big names, but what big names are going to be five? And like, obviously, they're not actually five when they're but they has to be like a young enough person who can voice a five year old. And so they're probably like, let's just get like a big someone who has a name that we know. Mm -hmm. And then like, so like somebody's little sister. (laughs) Yeah. And then apparently, I didn't pick up on this, but on the Wikipedia page, it says Matt Damon played a part. (gasps) I think Matt Damon was uh, Sosuke's dad. Oh, okay, yeah. He's just he on a boat. Also had, yeah, he's just on a boat. Who gets stranded. Matt Damon yeah. is always getting stranded in movies and needing, always. Uh, Seriously. needing others to, to rescue him. But uh, yeah, that's all That's all the voice actors. Oh, and Betty White plays one of the, the oh, okay. older, older women at the senior center. Wow, yeah, that is a pretty stacked cast, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Do you have a relationship to Miyazaki films or Studio Ghibli at all? Oh, uh, no, not at all. I really just, I, I think it's because my friends growing up didn't watch them. And so I, I literally was never like introduced to them anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really wasn't aware of them until like, 
maybe undergrad or something. Um, and it wasn't until mm-hmm. grad school, really, that I had some friends who were into animes and I watched a bunch of movies and shows with them, none of which were the Studio Ghibli ones. I think they were into some more obscure stuff. Uh, so we watched, uh, I can't even remember some of the names of them, but but really interesting, good stuff. Uh, and then also at one point we watched My Neighbor Totoro. So I have seen that one, and that's uh, the only one that I've seen, and I loved it. And I love the I love the animation style of Studio Ghibli. I, I know that Miyazaki is really committed to, like, even though they have used different uh, animation styles, including CGI, throughout some of their films, depending on what the needs of the film are. I know, like, for Ponyo and others that he's been really uh, committed to using like the old styles of animation to make everything just like look sm- like more smooth and flowing in a different way than CGI is. Like he, he's mm-hmm. really committed to using the old like mm-hmm. line drawing animations. And uh, I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, this was, I loved watching this. I want to watch more of his movies, but what about you? Yeah, I, so I'm not the biggest animation fan. <laughs> As as I'm sure you're aware, yeah. Like it, it really depends on on the style. So I ha- haven't seen all of his move his movies. Um, I I've seen bits and pieces, uh, a few of them over the years, and rewatched some of them in quarantine. And I will say that 2D animation is definitely my favorite style. It's the one that least makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really am not like a like 3D animation. Um, fucking stop motion. Oh god. <laughs> uh, claymation. Right. Ugh. Oof. I I I can't. There are some like big exceptions to that, but I've liked all of the the Miyazaki films I've seen. I'm a huge Howl's Moving Castle fan because. To me, Howl Pendragon is a vampire. Um, he's not like he's not actually a vampire, and like he doesn't have uh, vampire powers, but he is much like Liam Neeson. <laughs> he is like a sort of gender non-conforming chaos wizard who has kind of like tantrums if his hair doesn't look good and lives forever. <laughs> to me, that is a classic vampire classic. move. Classic, yeah, I yeah. love him. I think about him like every day. And, and it's a, it's just a good like little anti-war movie, um, like a lot of his movies. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it was like produced at the beginning of the Iraq war and was kind of like his... Anger and horror at the Iraq war happening uh, went went into this movie, and you can definitely definitely feel that in in the themes. Oh boy, now I'm just now I'm just thinking about sexy sexy wizards. Saruman believes that it is only a great power that can hold evil in check, but that is not what I found. I found it is the small things. Everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keeps the darkness at bay. I really, yeah, I gotta watch that one. Because I know that uh, that's the, that Miyazaki was 
inspired to make Ponyo partly like a lot of inspiration uh, <laughs> it, like went into making mm-hmm. this movie. But one of the things like the tone and the target audience was because of the success of Howl's Moving Castle. And he was like, I really want to mm-hmm. capture this magic of like kids really grasping onto this movie and it being really kid friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though there are some heavier themes. And yeah, I think Ponyo absolutely knocked it out of the park with doing that. Um, it's just so yeah. like every second of this movie is fun to watch. Like even yeah, the really stressful drive home when they when uh, the mini typhoon <laughs> starts to happen and it is the most stressful drive home and ever because it's this winding road up a mountain and there why did she need to take that road i think that's the only road up to their house but but they were like take the mountain road and she was like no i'm gonna gut it through this lock (laughs) because i think because yeah that there might there might be like two roads and she took the shorter road because she wanted to make it home Mm -hmm. in time and she knew it would probably like take I don't know, maybe like a half hour or something. Like maybe she might not make it home in time if she took the other road. Again, I think, yeah, this is just me also probably judging her because it was Liz Lemon's voice. <laughs> yeah. <probably, laughs> yeah. Endangering the child. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was I was uh, shocked at the decisions that she was making also. Um, I think I understood it. A, I understood it later in the... Fi- oh, so I'll finish what I was saying before that... Um, this drive home to their house on top of the mountain is really stressful and it it mm-hmm. takes a, a while but like you can't take your eyes off of it because it's so beautiful like the way that the waves yes. are moving and they're turning into these fish uh spirits and then Ponyo's running on top of the wave like it is it it, yeah. it is beautiful and i normally if there's like a chase scene or a car car i don't know like a yeah, I guess a chase scene or right. or a stressful driving scene or whatever. I kind of my brain kind of checks out for a little bit, and I wasn't yeah. doing that because everything was just so stunning, um, animation wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I sort of understood why she made it such a priority to get home, even though she was putting her yeah. son's life in danger, because she says we're the lighthouse for everyone. Right, in this area right, uh, so right. if we're not operating then a lot of people's lives like all of the ships are going to be in danger um a right. lot of people's lives are going to be in danger and that was like i i had a little bit of compassion for her then i was like oh yes yeah she had they had to get home they had to try you know <laughs> otherwise nobody was getting home yeah yeah i i did get that later i think i was just like her gunning it. yeah <laughs> I think also because there was an earlier scene that kind of foreshadowed it where she she just drives with abandon yes. on these on these like winding uh cliff sea cliff roads where she and this is a critical wet moment for me is where she like leans to to lick her son's uh ice cream and like just while just driving erratically and i was just like i was just like this is so funny it's funny to me uh because because like then later later but she makes yes. it she's very she is heroic yeah. she's trying to make everything work um and she does um yeah so I do want to say, because we've said on this podcast that we feel that ocean movies are dry. And our reasons behind that have been, like, it, there's just a lot of salt mm-hmm. in the ocean. There's a lot of, 
wind, there's just like things are always moving, so there's goopy things within the ocean, but the experience that we have, our relationship to the the ocean and the stories that are told in and around it can be quite quite dry. There's a lot of ship movies. Ships are very dry. Um, this is definitely an exception, and I think that does come down to the animation style and how the sea and water is animated. Absolutely. In, in that it's animated in such a fluid, beautiful way, but also in a way that is just, to me, like goopier and slimier and yes and it's fantastical in the creatures the kind of like the kind of psychedelic amazing creatures um especially how it's introduced (laughs) my first critical web moment was sort of the psychedelic fantasia like uh exhibition of these of these sea creatures um outside of liam neeson's uh sea castle it yeah it was fantasia like yeah Yes, I love that was it opens for sure with a critically wet moment of this beautiful underwater animation and Mm -hmm. everything is sparkly like everything is sparkling and uh, there's just like jelly. It just opens with jellyfish plopping and popping like they are making these ploppy poppy noises and it is it's amazing and then you see the underwater submarine wizard and then he has this device that is shining a light but every time he clicks it on it makes this little like fart noise i just it was like a farty light that he carries around and then yeah the i lost it when a cuttlefish uh floats by and the way that they animated the like uh, what do you even holographic nature of yeah. a cuttlefish was so cool yeah I mean this it's truly beautiful the an- the animation in this movie there's like a sparkly uh, magical wetness that is similar yes. to that employed by Don Bluth that we've talked about yeah and there were there were some like um, again, very, I think a lot less dark than The Secret of Nim, but similarly, like, but had some heavy themes. Um, yeah. But again, presented magic and world building and kind of this immersive, sparkly, sort of undulating, wild, like, beauty, for sure. Yeah. And it really throws you into the world and has you, it's one of those, um, you know, in media rests or whatever uh beginnings where they you're just thrown into it and you have to kind of figure out what's going on like mm-hmm. there's no there are no words at the beginning t- uh telling you what's going on you yes. just start seeing these images and you s- of an underwater wizard you know and then there's these little tiny fish creatures but they're wearing little dresses and you're you and one of them's bigger than the other ones and you're seeing all this and you have no idea what's going on and you're just left to figure it out and it's wonderful because oh yeah you you are just along for the ride i think this movie the reason why it appeals so much to kids i think Mm -hmm. is because what's the word i want to use um like it's it's like mindfulness where you just Mm -hmm. you just go along with it and Mm -hmm. it it is like present at every moment but it's not like i don't know it's it's that didn't really make any sense when i when i described it but it's just like yeah you kind of have to go with go with the flow literally the yeah. flowing water of of the like story and yeah and i i do appreciate that that it's like 
there's not a lot of exposition. It, it's just like you kind of have to like it's the movie's like we all know what goldfish look like, right? They're just <laughs> little guys with beautiful strawberry blonde bobs uh, and little little dress with petticoat. Uh, yeah. We all know that. And sometimes yeah, the stage between a goldfish and a human is a little chicken. We all know this. Yes, we all know <laughs> that it's like basically a little chicken. It's 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 the first stage plus chicken hands and feet. Yes. We yes. all know that. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I I was just like, all right, there's just going to be these little goldfish goldfish creatures. Mm-hmm. And they are we we learn we come to understand that uh Ponyo is who Ponyo whose real name is Brunhilda uh because this is based on a few different I mean I love the part of the inspiration of this movie that is Miyazaki read uh, The Little Mermaid the Hans Christian Andersen version of The Little Mermaid and uh, was like, it makes no sense to me because I don't know if you've read the original. Have you read the original Little Mermaid, Sophie? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because again, I was a very dark child, <laughs> serious child. Yeah. I hadn't read the the original version until um, until college when I like started studying fairy tales specifically, but because it is really fucked up and it's Mm -hmm. very different from like the other versions, including the most, most notably the Disney version. Um, It's very different from that. And it ends with this ultimatum that she either, I think I know. Oh, okay. So, well, the version I had, which was illustrated. Okay. Oh God. The version I had is that, he marries the the sea witch or someone else. He marries someone else because he's like, I can't talk mm-hmm. to you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not going to marry you. Uh, and so she's on a boat with him, just third wheeling. And her mermaid sisters come to her and they're like, hey, um, we have this knife. If you kill the prince, you get to come be a mermaid yes. again. And she's like, oh, sick. Uh, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, um, kill myself. I'm, and she just dives into the ocean and becomes seafoam. And that was all illustrated. And becomes seafoam. But, but it has something to do with her not having a soul or something. Like, it's... Oh yeah. And he, he took issue with that. He was like, I hate that this character is not realized in any way yes. like <laughs> this yeah. character is given no agency and then turns into foam at the end because she doesn't have a soul mm-hmm. so he was like i am gonna do this better mm-hmm. uh so it's definitely a, a little mermaid retelling mm-hmm. and what an adorable one it is yeah. and uh so brunhilde or who she likes being called ponyo more ponyo is the sister of all of the other little goldfish. Like, mm-hmm. they're all siblings. And Ponyo is just, like, maybe was, like, the firstborn, or mm-hmm. she's just, like, the biggest one. And I think the most, like, magical yeah. is the important part. And that's why all... But uh, throughout the movie, through like, from the get-go up until the very end, mm-hmm. her siblings all just, like, want to help her and are there to support her and... uh in any way that they can and it's and i love like i think my favorite part of the whole movie and and definitely one of the critically wet ones is when they first 
uh, break her out of the little bubble that the submarine wizard puts her in. She she gets out and sees what humans are like. And it, she comes back and she really, really likes having seen the humans. And so he's like, no, don't do that. And he like puts her in a bubble and he's like, you need to rest. You need mm-hmm. to go back in there. And he puts her back in, in the little castle in this bubble and all of her sisters come over and like start (laughs) chomping on the bubble but they like don't have teeth so they're all just like it's they're all squeaking on the outside of the bubble and their faces are all pressed up against the bubble and all of them literally it takes every single one of them to finally pop the bubble um but just the idea of them all just like gumming that bubble with their little faces Uh, was my favorite thing in the whole world yeah it was i could have watched a two-hour movie of that yeah it that was that was extremely extremely wet yeah just i think also so the the premise what turns her human that she (laughs) that human blood imbibing human blood is what turns her human oh yeah this was uh is wild yes. to me so she's like luckily it's just like a little cut on his finger that yeah. she she drinks i think maybe it was also all the ham she just has like a taste for flesh and maybe maybe actually yes. she really wants to eat human because like that first taste of blood but ham is all she gets so it's her only thing that she can yeah and then so she will as she matures she will um it'll be the movie raw um, and she will have when she, she hits uh, womanhood, she will have a become a cannibal. Oh boy! Oh, yeah. maybe we should do the movie Raw. That's a wild. Yo, movie. I, That'll I be a wild. I've, have you seen it? I've almost watched it a bunch of times. I've read the complete <laughs> summary of it a bunch of times. Um, I've have you seen it? I have. I've seen the. Whole but thing. you, yeah, you're always like intense. I. You always say that you don't like horror movies and stuff but like I even I who I do like horror movies I have still not been able to bring myself to watch it <laughs> I love I love horror horror movies okay uh it's more like existential terror mm. in some in some movies that gets to me I see so which is why like uh this movie this stop motion movie that my boyfriend really likes Panic au Village. Um, it's like a stop motion children's, French children's uh, movie, animated <laughs> movie. And he puts it, he'll put it on because he's like, this is a fun thing I learned in French class. And it is so horrifying to me. I would rather watch Raw 15 times than watch like five. There is, there is actually a good part where he where the character uh he's like a cowboy and he eats a whole uh big loaf of nutella on bread and that's great um (laughs) but other than that it's disgusting it makes me want to vomit yeah so i don't mind things that are like gross or 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 bloody it's just more yeah i don't mind i don't mind okay see Um, sometimes blood sometimes blood gets to me yeah yeah but i really want to watch it we should do that one we should do another straight up horror movie yes yeah but yeah so okay i think one of the wettest things about this movie are the lines like i just kept writing down Mm -hmm. lines from the movie and so ponyo's dad the submarine wizard says uh how often have i warned you about humans their very breath is polluted 
which is oh, so Oof. true and and oh, just it's gross. Um, and then he says, I was human myself once. I rid myself of that awful heritage. And I was like, what does that even wow. mean? You have rewritten your dna to which yeah, yeah i think yes is is the answer to that and then he says when he finds out that ponyo is able to turn herself into a human because she like sipped up uh <laughs> sasuke's blood he says his blood has deranged your dna and i was like whoa Ooh. that is a sentence wow. yeah um, and then my favorite thing that he says in the whole movie, all, all of his lines are wet, but he, he says, my crab shields are weakening. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this dude has crab shields. Yeah. I don't know if these things were in the dub version. <gasps> he didn't have crab shields? I think shields? I, I missed. I don't know. I had my, I had my uh, subtitles on. Oh, man. But yeah, which is like you lose so much in a dubbing. Yeah. You lose the crab shield. Yeah. It's not the same. It was it when like- there started to be like a a crisis in his little underwater castle and he yes, needed to yeah. go fix his like, I couldn't figure out. This is the only part that like I don't, yes. and I would like to talk about it because it is. I think you know, you know what I'm going to ask. What? So he wasn't. In the end, he wasn't actually the villain, but he's right. kind of presented as a villain. Yes. What was his plan? What oh, is yeah, he doing? Was. Is he a re- So he's like a wizard. Is he doing research? What is he doing with these goldfish? I think they're his children with the right, they are. sea goddess. Okay. So he's like an overprotective father. Yep. He's drinking some goopy potions. He that have is like- drinking. He is chugging these vials of like gold liquid he's just like yeah. chugging them and he's like right. i oh no i gotta and right. he just starts chugging them we don't know we don't right. know why right. he has to we don't know we don't know what he's what he's drinking <laughs> but he's just like oh he, he says i need more power <laughs> sorry okay okay so he's drinking these power are, these are a pol- a poultice or a, a power up <laughs> yeah. potion Got it. Yep. You know, and I, then you know I understand this. He goes to this is like one of my favorite things about this movie. He goes to a door labeled Pangea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. And there's all these like so many questions. There's all these like I don't know what to call them. They're like giant vials. They're big yes. jugs. They're these big jugs that are labeled with different years. And yes. they're in his Pangea room. And he says I feel the ocean's power in my very DNA. When this well is full, the era of the ocean will begin. An explosion of life to match the Cambrian era. This revolting era of man will be over. And I'm just like, I get that, but... (laughs) like what is the glowing liquid and why is he filling the well with it right and so like so my thing was i thought he was trying so in the dub version he he doesn't say like oh i want to kill all humans he's like i want like the anthropocene to end i I don't want the humans negative impact on the environment i want that to i want that to end so it seemed like so when Ponyo 
escapes her little bubble and mm-hmm. to to rejoin Sasuke, that puts nature out of balance. It causes yeah. the moon to come closer. Yes. <laughs> huge, huge, uh, and basically causes a flood. Uh, you, th- I think on a... Gl- Maybe global level, I would. You would think. I had that um, question. I had that question. We don't. I we're not told. Probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people die as a result of this little goldfish girl <laughs> wanting to go see her her fellow five year olds. I don't know, cr- crush, uh, soulmate, I, yeah, soulmate, soulmate. You should always meet your soulmate when you're five. You should yes, always yes. pick who you're going to be with for the rest of your life when you're five. <laughs> I mean, I what I do appreciate is that I don't think there's ever like really overt romance. Absolutely. In these films, right. I think there's right. there's like love and yes. and that could be romantic love, but it's not it's like it's it's usually in service of like of the characters in the theme. Um, yeah, I don't love saying that, like, five-year-olds have a, have a soulmate no. or a love. No, but I think that the movie does say that, yeah. They, <laughs> it does, but but I agree yeah. that, like, I think in this, it's like... To, it, the point is she needs to be loved by a human as if to say like humans could never truly love nature right. or something right. um yeah. so so him it doesn't have to be romantic love like i yes. i truly believe that romantic love is never introduced in this movie mm-hmm. especially because they're five and then and, and i'll bring it up now just because like we're talking about this and and it, it is so adorable at the end he is is straight up asked you know you know who ponyo is you know that yes. she's a fish but she can be a human mm-hmm. um do you love her knowing everything there is to know about her and he says i'll always love ponyo whether she is a fish a human or in between and he just says it like this yeah. is fact yeah. and he just says it and that that activates the magic and like oh so so beautiful like this and I was like, I don't know, is this a weird story? Is it weird? And I was like, ah, it's so cute I don't at the think end. So. I think it's be? an <laughs> antidote to the Little Mermaid because the Little Mermaid yes. posits that you need to, you know, we all know that you need to change yourself in order to find yeah. to find your dreams or find love. And in this, she does want to still become a human and be with Sasuke, but but it's not her changing that is not what his love depends on that is not he he yeah. loved because he loved her when she was a little little goldfish and a little chicken yeah yeah she showed up as a human he was like whoa okay uh okay i love you now too but yes. like yeah he he loves her at, at in all of her stages and recognizes her yes. as ponyo in all of those stages yeah. and he when he said that at the end i was like whoa <laughs> like, yeah. this is profound oh yeah so my question yeah. about sea wizard is oh yeah so but he gets upset when things do get out of balance and wants to restore it but the his whole cynicism about like sort of humans and uh pollution and uh you know the way that humans treat the environment is that's kind of like not really resolved which again this movie is for children <laughs> but i think may- yes. maybe he learns like some appreciation for for humans maybe i think in another in another miyazaki movie it would be he they could be like yes it is capitalism that or it is like it is this th- these right, industries right. that are at fault it's not all humans but this is like a much 
smaller story with global implications. Yeah. And also I had some questions of like, I know that he wanted to initiate a new Cambrian era again. Mm -hmm. And they kept, to me, focusing on... So this takes place in a very different part of the world than somewhere I've ever seen. So Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't tell what animals were like native to that part of the Mm -hmm. world and what creatures were like Cambrian era. Right. Like... um, a different like I'm sh- I I think with some of the creatures that we were seeing mm-hmm. they were trying to imply that like these these ancient creatures are coming mm-hmm. back right did you get that sense too yeah yeah I think I think I th- thought there was some either fantastical or like prehistoric shit going on I also think that's a wet concept <laughs> like the Cambrian era one of the wettest eras in in existence, all the little goopy guys. Oh, yeah. Everything was like a little bug fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that was our that was our peak. That's when we really had it all Honestly, figured out. That's when we like yeah. got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and, and like that's what the fish that's what the Liam Neeson wizard knows. Like he yeah. just Oh, that's like he's like such a wet character now that i'm thinking about it that he like changed his dna to be more fish-like he Mm because he was a human he straight up says like i was born a human Mm -hmm. um and he just like uses magic and fish dna to Mm -hmm. make himself not a human anymore Mm -hmm. like what a wet dude i i love that dude (laughs) and i I do like how he's he's definitely the villain or like a villainous character for the movie but yeah ultimately he isn't really and i like that movies i think uh non-western movies are more comfortable with there not being like a Mm -hmm. straight up good versus evil type of situation um yeah i think i like stories where there isn't necessarily a clear villain like magic mike xxl (laughs) <laughs> like Magic Mike XXL, another lovely family-friendly story for children. <laughs> no, I I do love that. I do I appreciate films, especially films for children, where there isn't a villain, yeah, or or like it's kind of like a disruption of that sort of good versus evil di- dichotomy that we have in. Yeah, yeah, and especially like Disney films. Um, yeah, I think that that's yeah. like what they try tried to do in like Frozen Two and Moana is like actually it, this power is like misunderstood, and right. if we just understood it, then it's not evil. But I think like Disney when it tries to do that, it's like it's like hitting you with with a supersized mallet. Those things, yeah. whereas this was like. Much more subtle, much more sort of organic, organic way of telling that story. Yeah. Or just like instead of being like, oh, we just didn't understand that the evil wasn't evil, mm-hmm. which is is a fine message, um, mm-hmm. but it's a simple one. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, it's more like this is a villainous character, but it's more complicated than just saying this is a villain. It's way more complicated than that. What if there's a villain who um, where he's like, no, I humans have destroyed the planet and so i'm just gonna like initiate a little cambrian era Mm -hmm. bomb like that's all i'm gonna right i'm just gonna like fill up this well with gold magic yes and then when it gets to the top it gets to the top 
them. And you know, that's that was like his plan. Yeah, and like no how he like never really sees his wife who is the ocean. Is the right. hot ocean. The the sexy sexy ocean wave lady. And I was like, yeah, their relationship is so interesting because when they meet up again, it seems like it's been a very long time yes. since they've seen yeah. each other. But they also make it very clear that Ponyo is both of their daughter like they had Ponyo yeah. together and Ponyo's a baby Ponyo's a child right. so I don't know how <laughs> the ocean works I mean it could have been uh, you know she, maybe she's a fish lady maybe she just lays her eggs they don't need to see each oh, other oh good point yeah yeah may, maybe they don't need to like talk to be able to have children yeah, I think their relationship was interesting. I think Sasuke's parents' relationship was uh, interesting. I think this is the first Morse code fight I've seen yeah. in a movie. <laughs> Talk about that would have been a good part in Marriage Story if they had had to do that big confrontation yelling scene in Morse code. Oh, it would have been. Then I might watch the movie because I it, it's not going to make me throw it's up. It's not going to be Adam Driver's yeah. voice. Oh boy. I hope you meet him and you can tell him. I, I think I hope he'd so be very too. sad if you told him this, but you could also suggest he do his lines in Morse code. I know. See, that would be like a good, that would be like a fun segment for like a talk show host to, to do like uh-huh. a, like Jimmy Fallon, like have, have me and Adam Driver on and like, wouldn't it be just like a, a fun bit to try to like oh let's let's see if we can come to an understanding and let's see if we can like have me not throw up and let's see if we can figure out what it is about his voice that makes me throw up i think that'd be great i thought he was gonna you're the segment's gonna be him trying to get you to throw up by going deeper and deeper or that yeah we just like play we just play around with like this phenomenon yeah yeah Oh, so that's just oh, that's just it. out there for if anybody listens to this that happens to write for a talk show me and adam driver are on board <laughs> i just know he <laughs> is uh i i would like that segment uh i think i would like to meet sam neil and i would yeah. just cry for like an hour and tell him how much the 1998 miniseries merlin meant to me and like go over and make him like do lines from it. Um, I think he would probably like that too, because I bet not a lot of I people, fan uh, boy or girl, for that for him. It's probably it's usually probably Jurassic Park, if I had to guess. It's so. probably Jurassic Park, <laughs> and people, yeah, people are are sleeping on his best work. Yeah, yeah. I Adam Driver. If you listen to this podcast, it's not. That would be funny if he could, he can't stand the sound of his own voice, but he could (laughs) possibly, possibly stomach our voices, our bits. He just loves Ponyo is the thing. He, he's not listening to this podcast for us or anything else. He loves Ponyo. He will listen to anything (laughs) that is discussing Ponyo. That's why he's listening to this episode. Yeah. I had another scene that I wanted to talk about that was a critically wet scene that I just like can't figure out what it means like unless it's unless there's no meaning behind the scene and then and then that's fine it was just in there it was towards the end when Ponyo and Sasuke find they run into another family while they're out 
on a boat and the family is a mom and a dad and a and a newborn baby and ponyo and the baby have this like oh my god (laughs) yes yes they were lock eyes like and i think i think i gathered that ponyo realizes that the baby is hungry yes so Ponyo is like, oh, well, I have food. The only the food I have is this soup. So the baby's hungry. I will give it food. So that's what Ponyo does. And the mom's like, oh, we can't give the baby this because she can't handle soup yet. She hasn't eaten soup yet. But if I eat the soup, it will help me make milk for the baby. And then we can give the baby milk. And Ponyo's like, nope, I want to give the baby the soup. And she's like, <laughs> mm, we, we really can't because of what I just told you. And yeah. uh, Sasuke is like, Ponyo, I ate my mom's milk for a while when I was little too. Like that's just yeah. what happens with babies. So like, let's just let her have the soup. And, and Ponyo's like, okay, fine. You can have the soup. And then that's what happens. And they go away. So and I'm like. kill the baby with soup. <laughs> yeah, Ponyo's a lot. She, uh, <laughs> she's very cute, but she's a, she's a lot. She As someone who works with toddlers and babies, <laughs> I, this is accurate to their behavior. I also, especially young babies, they do lock eyes with you and you don't. And to that moment where they're just staring each that, that sort of standoff they have um, was very realistic to me because babies will do that. They will just kind of lock onto you and you don't know if they're going to cry or scream or laugh. And you're just kind of in that moment and you're, you're just like, all right, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. You don't know what I am. You're trying to figure out the physics of this universe still. I understand the physics of this universe, but I have no idea how a baby works. So we're just staring at each other and trying to trying to comprehend the mystery of this universe. And like, and it's usually they have gas. That's usually what's going on. Yeah, that's but, usually, um, that's probably. But that was very, that was a very sweet, weird, fun moment was that, like, because yeah. that wouldn't be in a, and if that was in like, a Disney movie or like a DreamWorks movie that it would be some kind of like comedic moment where the baby would (laughs) fart. But in this, it was just like, we're having a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then the baby, when Ponyo goes to leave, the baby cries so much. Like there is so much goop coming out of the baby's face. These animators just like had a blast just like putting goopy shit all coming out of this baby's face and then Ponyo goes over and smashes her face into the goopy disgusting snotty baby's face and just smashes her face against it and then like and then just backs up and leaves and that's what the baby needed and I was like Mm -hmm. honestly that's such a realistic thing to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen that where a baby's yes. crying and the sibling just comes and like smashes its face against yeah. it. And it's just and, and just kind of like shakes because it's there's so much <laughs> energy and then they back up. And that's just like what yeah. kids do. <laughs> yeah, it's they they have a meeting of the minds and then the baby's like, mm-hmm. all right, I can soldier on. I mm-hmm. we've had a had a talk and I am ready to continue on this plane of existence mm-hmm. um yeah i loved that i loved the scene yeah the scenes sort of after after the the storm where everything's been flooded and like yes we know that's you know in the real world that'd be a horrifying thing where they'd be like 
you do see kind of a rescue operation yeah. going on. Yes, you do. But from the perspective of these children and that this is a fantastical movie, it is does become like otherworldly yeah. and 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 sort of and very magical and I like I think that was the part I was like most enchanted by is yes. uh they're on their magical boat and they're kind of going through the scenery that's been the whole movie but is mm-hmm. now underwater. Yes. And everyone's fine. They're all in uh Liam Neeson's magical mystery sea castle. Yes. But it, but that was a very very interesting. Yeah, just immersive. It's just it's it's magic, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a a good thing to point out that mm-hmm. after like maybe 2 thirds of the way into the movie, there's been this huge uh typhoon mm-hmm. that submerged everything and then they wake up the next morning and everything is still but underwater and so Mm -hmm. uh they yeah they take out this boat and it is it is so dreamy and magical that like you you think you've seen all of the water magic that these that these illustrators Mm -hmm. uh and animators could do and then they're like no now we're gonna take all the stuff that you've already seen and we're gonna like make it this like uh, sea world type and we're gonna have like prehistoric creatures now (laughs) like swimming through it um Mm -hmm. and and then like just the way that the the thoughtfulness with which they took to like when they switch angles for instance they'll have um they'll show you that Sosuke gets in the water to start kicking the boat they they run Mm -hmm. out of uh the candle goes out the candle has been powering the boat yeah and the candle goes out and ponyo falls asleep so she can't use magic to make another candle bigger so sasuke gets in and starts uh, paddling the boat and they go from that shot to like as if the camera is like underneath his feet as he's kicking Mm-hmm. And you can see up, you can see like the light shining down. And then you see this like prehistoric creature uh, swim past mm-hmm. uh, Sasuke. And like, yeah, it just, just all the different camera angle camera angles from underwater, emerging from the water and then above the water is just gorgeous. Um, oh, and yeah. He is a, ma- a master at it. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. And you know what I like? I like that even though everything, like we're watching an underwater submarine wizard, <laughs> but everything like makes sense and has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like everything in the underwater castle it ha- has a purpose all of the there's there's ponyo and all of her siblings and the mm-hmm. cuttlefish is there to introduce mm-hmm. us to this world like everything has its place there's not mm-hmm. just like a desk with a rubber elephant in it and a character spits a cherry on it just to have that be in there like there's there's yeah. nothing like that you're not going to get smacked with something that has nothing to do with the movie right, just because right. they had some like latex and goop lying around yeah no there's definitely a place for it i had some cuz i was thinking about this um cuz i know we've talked about how wet children's films often are about sort of real world serious topics or they tell children the truth Mm -hmm. and I think this movie did do that but it was still like 
it was still very, very G. And yeah. like, it it was not like Secret of Nim where there was like a animal testing backstory. Mm-hmm. Or like, or like murder, like another character no, just like murders no murder. another there character. No, no, like parent died. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought Ponyo killed both his parents in the storm for, for oh, yeah. most of the movie. But I mean, it's kind of fantastical. But at the same time, there is a sense of like, groundedness of like realism and I actually like wrote down some quotes from Miyazaki sort of about his that his sort of philosophy around that he said like anime may depict fictional worlds but I nonetheless believe that at its core it must have a certain realism even if the world depicted is a lie the trick is to make it seem as real as possible stated another way the animator must fabricate a lie that seems so real viewers think the depicted world might be possible yeah and I think especially in like a children's movie like I think this is the type of world that children see like like when when how they're viewing the world I think that like the the magic in the world the uh sort of like causal links between things being kind Mm -hmm. of like in this movie, it's like, yes, uh, a fish child coming onto land, that's why there's a big storm. And that's right. easier to understand than the real reason. Yeah. Yeah, and he also says, I don't like games. You're robbing the precious time of children to be children. They need to be in touch with the real world more. So I think, like, both, like, wanting it to be a magical world and, like, telling telling the truth to children and saying something about the real world, like... This talks about yeah, man-made uh, impacts on the environment. Yeah. How do you think Miyazaki feels about B-movie? Because like... Oh, boy. This... <laughs> it's straight up mapping the real world onto B-colony and then doing a courtroom drama. And I mean, I feel like Miyazaki would be like, this accomplished what... <laughs> no. <laughs> what if he's like... Yeah, I, I, you know, I love 2D animation. That's my thing. If I had to make, you know, if I was going to go 3D animation, it needs to be as good as B-movie. <laughs> it needs to be tackling the kind of issues that B-movie is. Oh, my God. Um, I think Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, thinks he is doing this because... Oh, absolutely. There's too yeah. many dark, heavy adult themes in B-movie not handled well yeah (laughs) Yeah, and it is very wet but it's not it's does not make for for a good movie no oh boy I love that he feels that way I think that comes across absolutely in all his Mm -hmm. works and from even just the few that I've seen it seems like um magic is always in in your backyard right like it's always it's always kids who are not always but um it's definitely in my neighbor Totoro also that uh it's it's about two uh siblings who move to this like big house in the countryside and it's really daunting at first their their last house wasn't this big and it's a big kind of scary house and uh, it hasn't been lived in right before them so there's like creepy crawlies everywhere and it's it's just like a daunting thing and because of this big change that's going on in these girls lives they find these little like critters these little um sprites 
that mm-hmm. up in the attic that they think are spiders at first, but then they're sprites and then they follow them outside and they crawl through some bushes in the garden and they find some more uh, fantastic creatures. And it's it's very much like Sasuke just playing outside one day and finding finding a goldfish and then saying, yeah. oh, this goldfish looks a little bit stranger than a normal goldfish. And that like it's... This goldfish has, it has a little bowl cut. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then, then people, the women in the, what was the like elder care facility called? Uh, in the dub, they called it the senior center. That was what it was called in in this version too, the senior center. Um, the women at the senior center, one of them says like, goldfish that have a face are bad luck or something. And I'm like, goldfish mm-hmm. that have a face. Wait, are gold are there goldfish that do kind of look like this? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I want to believe this movie makes me believe anything is possible. So that's true. Yeah, I think, I think sure. I think anything, uh, anything in this movie could have happened. Um, we just, again, we don't know. I don't know about sea wizardry. I don't know sea. I'm not an oceanographer. Mm. We should. Mm-mm. This would have been a good movie to have Marisa do because she is she does study oceans. So oh, I would true. like her to what he what Liam Neeson was doing. She probably would have known what that like gold liquid was that he was chugging and that he needed to fill the well with. Like that she would she's like yes I drink that every day that allows me to understand and like you can't even think about the ocean unless you drink the gold liquid and then. If you try to think about the ocean and it's like complexity without the gold liquid, your head's going to explode. So they need that to be able to map the ocean. Yeah. What do they say? We know more about like the surface of the moon than we know about the bottom of our ocean. And it's like that's because no one's drinking the gold liquid. No one's drinking enough gold liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, this was, oh, I have something else that I read yeah. that Miyazaki said the reason why he named the character Ponyo was because he thought of it as an onomatopoeia of what soft, squishy softness feels like when touched. <laughs> Ponyo. <laughs> Ponyo. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's you like, true. don't want to stop true. saying it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little soft. Ponyo. <laughs> fleshy toy or like yeah. one of those squeezy rubbery mm, yes. sea toys yeah yeah i would say a critical wet moment uh we didn't discuss it. this was the one part i was a little bit like i am not enjoying watching this is when she takes she's like oh i got hands and then she she puts her uh-huh. foot on the the dining room table and oh, she's got yeah. like opposable toes and she's just like yeah. wiggling them around and she can like use them to manipulate. I was like, ah, I would like, I-, I think I've been clear. I don't like feet. Uh, yeah, right. Like, and baby feet are supposed to be cute. They're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be able to drink soup with your feet. Uh, no. God, God didn't want that for us. At first I was like, why is that detail even in this? And I think it was because yeah. Ponyo's just like, hey, I want to be a human, but like, it would make more sense if we were built like this. <laughs> so yes, I'm just going to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, because she manifests herself into being a human. So she's just going yes. off what she can remember humans look like. And she's only seen Sasuke. I don't think she's seen his feet. 
or any human's foot. <laughs> no. So like she's just No, like, I mean she starts with chicken feet. Yeah, exactly. So so she doesn't yeah. know. She she knows what chickens look like though, of course. <laughs> yes. But she doesn't yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> but like who knows what you- the human foot looks like. I wish I didn't. I wouldn't be able to. I have them and I wouldn't be able to recreate one from memory, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I liked another critical one moment was uh, the sea wizard's, uh, his gloopy hench, henchman water oh, yes. fish. Yeah. I love Miyazaki's like gloopy hench people. Yeah. There's like gloopy black slime in... Howl's Moving Castle that like is like a hen- hench henchman. Um, I like that idea. I think like um, there's a lot of like that goop in um, Spirited Away with with No Face is a very goopy guy. I like I like that. I don't know. I think that it kind of like and especially the th- if the if the themes not so much with the sea wizard, but if you're talking about themes of like humanity's destruction of the environment or sort of like war or sort of other other things like having that be sort of articulated with sort of just uh anthropomorphic slime i think that's great (laughs) i think that's such a great concept um he has he's so deft at like different types of liquids because i liked his little uh water henchmen because it was clear that they were made out of water they they were the water but they were like it was slightly darker. He was he was able yeah. to make it so that it looked like it was a different density than the rest of the water, if that makes sense. And he was able to convey that mm-hmm. through 2D animation. And that's astounding. Yes, <laughs> yes. I love it. I It's like, you know, it just shows how, what a hack movie The Blob is. Because I think slime can be a metaphor for yeah. a social issue but that it's got to move in a dynamic way and uh 1958 or whenever that movie came out with the slime technology was not there it wasn't they were doing their best but it 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 didn't get there and this one did so yeah yeah for sure so yeah i'm gonna say it like one of the wettest directors of all time totally yeah yeah absolutely 100 and he is one of the wettest directors in in a what what could be considered a very dry medium in in 2d animation Mm -hmm. and he's so extremely wet it's like imagine if he tried to make a live action it's like that's why he doesn't because it would be it would like it would it would create a he would make a bog wherever he decided (laughs) to shoot you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like that's just not that's so expensive so he if he just does it all on paper it's you know it's not it's not hurting anybody i think caitlin maybe your ideal after place is a bog designed by hayao miyazaki and you just Absolutely. you just live in there and you learn little lessons about yourself and yeah and make yes. friends with the, all the little, little the little guys that live there yeah i that like honestly is like just Put me in a bog. Just like when I die, put me in a bog. Like if if that's not what you do, I don't like honestly, I don't care what you do with me after I die because mm-hmm. like I'm dead. I don't care. Yeah. But but like just put me in a bog. Just make sure it's in a bog. Do you do you know about bog people? <laughs> I mean <laughs> Okay, this is uh 
my dad has written about them, so he's going to be, Wait, if he ever what? listens to this, he's going to be mad if I mess this up. Um, bog people are like people who've been preserved in bogs really well, so they're kind of like mummies that have been <gasps> preserved, but because they fell in a bog and died oh in a bog. God. I think mostly in like, a lot of them are found in like the British Isles and okay. um, and Ireland and... Uh, oh, yes, out on the moors. Yeah, yeah, and they're just, yeah, so you find some, like, prehistoric or, like, ancient peoples that, <gasps> like, that's how they died, oh. they were, or they were buried in a bog, and they're super well-preserved. So if we put you in a bog thousands of years from now, uh, the engineers or whoever exists <laughs> in thousands of years, that you'll come out pretty well-preserved, and they'll be like, oh, hell yeah, humanity. They'll, yeah. They'll pull me out and go, turn it up to 40%, <laughs> motherfuckers, let's get her back online! <laughs> What would be your first line if you if they tricked your nervous system into yeah. into thinking you're alive? What would be your first thing that you'd say after a thousand years? Uh, I'd be like, Brundle and Quave, Brundle and Quave, just a little bit of Brundle and Quave. And they're like, this is that? This is that person? <laughs> that, that ancient, ancient oh. song that we still sing? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> The lore uh, runs so, so deep. So yeah, that's how how it would go down, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to shout out to the bog people. Um, yeah, bog people. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna. I know what I'm looking up tonight. <laughs> I know what rabbit, what Wikipedia rabbit hole I'm going down tonight. <laughs> Literally, when you said you know about the bog people, I thought about the people from Mad Max Fury Road that are on those stilts. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah those yeah. bog people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they may be they those those bog people probably will be mum, mummified. Um, yeah, point. that's that's all. That's what it's about. Um, yeah, I'll send you the bog. Yeah, send me the bog stuff. Um, the bog people stuff. One of my critically wet. One of the critically wettest things about this movie is much like I believe it was the mummy where. Uh, little kissies featured heavily yeah. in it. Um, yeah, this movie had so many little kissies. I know, like I know. they just uh, they all kissed a bubble. Like yeah. he has to kiss the bubble at the end, and like uh, all of her sisters like kiss her the bubble. And yeah. yeah, it was like very cute. I love that. Yeah, little yeah. little kissies have like have a lot of power, and we all think uh, mm-hmm. we all. I mean, not everyone loves them but we all love real or metaphorical little kissies and we need them we need yes. them to survive yes even in these these times where it becomes harder to give all our friends little kissies before they go to bed yeah it's more important yeah. than ever yeah i this movie is great it was just refreshing it it's truly the anti b yes. movie yeah if you have taken a medication that doesn't sit well with you and then you watch B movie <laughs> and then like season three oh of HBO God. Girls and you're in a bad place, watch Pon Ponyo and um it will it will yep. bring you back down. It'll bring you to a nice equilibrium and you'll be able to sing the like fucking banger of the the theme song at the end. I was which I was not expecting to slap that hard. I wasn't either, yeah. Yeah, which 
The lyrics are Ponyo, 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 fishy in the sea. Teen, teeny little fishy, who could you really be? Ponyo, 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 magic sets you free. Oh, she's a little girl with a round head. Which, hell yeah. That's it. That's the whole movie. Yeah, she is. That's the whole, yeah. whole movie. Tip, tippy toe, jump, jump, and hop. Now that I've got my legs, I cannot stop. Which is also pat, true. Patty pat, waving hello. Come and hold hands with me. Dancing we go. My feet are skipping. My heart too. Happy, happy we all. Are we all? Maybe I might love you. Maybe I might love you. So hold on tight and hold me close. You're my hero. So sweet. Yeah. Oh, and then later, peekaboo, peekaboo, that's what we'll do. I see my favorite boy. He sees me too. <laughs> oh, my God. When that moment when they're reunited and she runs past uh, Lisa and she, she yeah. they run and they hug. Yeah. I, it was like the happiest moment. It was ever. so cute. Yeah, it was just, I was like crying. Yeah. It was so cute. And like her, uh, all her little siblings are there too. And she like, she tells them like, I made it. And it it was so cute. Oh, I really hope she doesn't like grow up and work at Goldman Sachs. I know. I don't know why that thought even came to me. Well, probably because you're like, well, yeah, she still exists in like a, in, she still has to find a way to exist in a, in capitalism. You know, right, that's at, true. The, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> sorry, kids, in the real world, <laughs> you can't just be a a fun fish, yeah. goldfish girl. You gotta you gotta make ends meet. Yeah, uh, like, oh, okay, Ponyo chooses to be a human. Okay, looks like Ponyo's choosing a nine to five and trying to figure out a way to keep her family <laughs> fed. That's what Ponyo's choosing, kids. You gotta know that. Yeah, you could have been just a fun goldfish in the ocean. Yeah, with magic. But sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you got debt now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess like a little, a little underwater wizard Keanu, get on in here, blub blub, little guy. <laughs> no, you don't have any holes? No. Something that happened multiple times in this movie that I really liked is a character... I think most of the time it was Ponyo, but the wizard probably did it too, where they would like, he did do it, where they would like cut a hole in a bubble and then like water would come through the hole. But in like, so Ponyo makes a hole like she's a cat burglar making a hole in glass Mm -hmm. to like steal a diamond. She like makes a hole and this like tube of water comes through the hole still in the shape of like mm-hmm. a tube and I was like I guess that and eventually it collapses but I was like yeah I guess like water tension surface tension is uh, would create that effect yeah. but um yeah. there were yeah there were a lot of like tubes of water going through holes in, in this movie oh yeah yeah there was a lot of that um yeah I think this movie really uh outlined Archimedes principle around like displacement mm. water displacement and buoyancy because uh, we all know when a f- little fish girl leaves the ocean by magic, that means something's got to give. Right. Like something, the moon is going to be closer to the earth. Sea levels are rising. And so when we take something, when we th- shift things out of out of balance, there is a mm-hmm. hole. And that will be filled, it seems, with chaos. 
And it's up to us to try to find a balance to bring things back in line. So yeah, that was the main yes. hole I found. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I agree. I think um, I think like I just keep thinking about the lady talking about how she's gonna drink the soup and turn it into milk for her baby. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not. That was a wet I just, concept. Like, I know that's how it works. Like, I know that a woman yeah. needs to, you know, get nutrition so that she can produce nutrition for her baby. Like, I know that's how it works. But just, like, explaining yeah. it, like, if I eat the soup, it will help me produce milk for my baby. And that's not really a whole. It's just something that I keep thinking about. <laughs> so Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't straight up often, like, tell that to children. So this might be, like, a lot of children's first, like, conception of that yeah. idea. Uh, even though they have, they're the people who <laughs> most recently likely breastfed. So they should know. Like, yeah. come on. Like, where do you think the milk comes from? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? They have the most, like, remembered life experience. <laughs> experience. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. It was a weird <laughs> tangent to go on. And also weird for us to think about that, like, yeah, you gotta eat a sandwich so that you can produce milk <laughs> yeah. for a baby. Um, yeah, you cannot, yeah, you cannot give Baja Blast directly to the baby. You have, <laughs> you have to, to drink it, it first. first then it goes into your breast milk. Then the baby will be Baja Blasted. <laughs> I say that as someone who professionally works with children. Oh boy. <laughs> then your baby will be blasted. Oh boy. Oh, I was not expecting <laughs> that line um, from this episode. <laughs> Baja Blasted Baby sounds like a ska band from the 90s. Yeah, yes. Holy <sighs> shit. Okay. All right. Let's issue some verdicts. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I think this movie, this movie is so wet. This movie, like I had a feeling that this movie was going to be wet because you look at the poster and it's like a little creature underneath a bubble underwater. It's like, you know, it's going to be wet. But I just had no idea how wet it's going to be. And I feel like when I watch this, it's just like it makes me think of like, a splish splash squid rash when a sucker leaves you bloated red and itchy so this is when like you accidentally you look behind you and uh there has been a squid on your back because you were your town has been submerged in a tsunami and so you you're just like you've just been splashing around just like checking out what this environment looks like in this alien new alien habitat and then you there has been a squid attached to you for you don't even know how long but you it is you need to now go to a hospital because you are your entire body is blowing up before your eyes it's red it is bloated it's itchy and so and you just need you're gonna need to get stuff drained and that's a shame but it's wet (laughs) oh yeah this movie is incredibly wet i don't i don't think it's the wettest studio ghibli film uh because (laughs) those suckers are wet there's some wet wet movies and i think um I'll try to watch the movie, the rest of the movies I haven't seen. Maybe I'll do a ranking one day of the, of how wet they are. Um, it's not the wettest, 
compared to other Miyazaki films, but wow, just compared to films as a concept, it's it's pretty dang wet. Yeah, yeah, I would say this movie is as wet as uh, Sky Dancer toys that have been stuck in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch since 1993, coming to life, unionizing, and then performing feminist fairy tales for any passing sea creature or fish. Um, that's obvious. Like, it, there is something glittery, fun, girly, magical, childlike wonder in this film that yes. is very wet. But the, this this movie also wants us to think about how we treat the ocean, how the sort of human systems that we have pollute, pollute the ocean and lead to the destruction and imbalance of the natural world and our own world. Um, it also is a more, yeah, more more feminist human tale of stories like The Little Mermaid. Yes. Um, yeah, and you know, this is our first like really ocean based movie, and yeah, I don't, I, I want to say that this there was a lot of a lot of ocean, a lot of sea. So yeah, I'm excited to. If we ever do Waterworld, it'll be our most controversial episode, but Absolutely. we'll definitely compare it to the wetness in this movie for sure. We'll have to because it's yeah. it's going to be the extreme end of like the wet ocean depiction spectrum. Like it's you can't have an ocean appear wetter than a Miyazaki film because he does 2D animation. And when you have mm-hmm. a 3D ocean you're it's you're gonna get too many qualities of dryness that is just blasting you in the face and you don't get that with 2d animation so yes yeah exactly. so yeah i have a feeling that this is gonna come back this won't be this won't be the last time we we, we talk about this i have a feeling mm-hmm. all right i think i think there's only one thing that this could be all right <laughs> okay this episode is brought to you by Ham, ham. Listen, uh, you got a uh goldfish that that you that's been magic to life and is now human and lives with you and has a taste for human flesh and you don't know what to do about it. Give it, give her some ham. ham. That's really, it's gonna be fine. Rather than this being the movie raw, you're gonna turn this movie into a beautiful, wonderful, childlike, childlike moment for you all. Uh, try ham. Ham. Goldfish love it. Little chicken in between girls love it, and little magical girls love it too. Might have found that one in. Ponyo, 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 fishy in the sea. Tiny little fishy, who could you really be? Ponyo, 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 magic set you free. Oh, pretty little girl, will you swim back to me? Is it what? This has been a production of Mess and Finesse, a comedy label based out of Somerville, Massachusetts. If you want to hear more of this program or shows like this, please send us an email at admin at messandfinesse.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at M-E-S-S-A-N-D-F-I-N-E-S-S-E dot com. And for more content, directory of programs, or information on live shows and comedy classes, please visit messandfinesse.com or follow us at Mess and Finesse on social media. Thank you for listening.